0: This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Scott Rose, TK-346 of Neon City Garrison, who passed away April 20th, and Taggart Klein, TI-7430 of Wisconsin Garrison, who passed on May 12th.
1: We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network.
2: You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st. Lucasfilm's preferred imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front line to the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting
3: Star Wars,
2: honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity
1: and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that.
0: Welcome to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Bader's Fist. This is episode 82 for May 2014, and I'm your host, Nikki, DZ8397.
1: And this is Scott, SL9854.
0: The 501st Legion is currently at 6,634 members, with 11,481 approved costumes in the Legion. In this episode, we recap several of our free comic book day and May the 4th troops, Listen to a long-lost recording from 1980, and talk about troopers on a runway. Stay tuned.
1: Recent news. Last episode, we talked about the Imperial Handbook and Original Trilogy costume books that are coming out from Becker and Meyer. But there's another really exciting offering coming out soon as well, this time from Abram's Books. For just $40, which I actually think is a steal, by the way, it's an even bigger steal if you go to Amazon and get it for $24, (laughs) you can own the complete storyboards from Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. This tome is written by... Executive editor at Lucasfilm, J.W. Rinsler, and features a full set of storyboards by artist Joe Johnson, never before seen art by Ralph McQuarrie for episode five, and early conceptual scenes and deleted scene, uh, scenes also never before seen. I say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> the book is, a, is a set to come out today as we record, May 13th. So, oops, yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> check it out via the link in our show notes.
0: Yeah, I'm not really one that's normally big for storyboards. I think they usually look a little too rough. But right. but I think this is going to be very interesting to see, you know, conceptual scenes and and, you know, stuff that they had passed they were going to go down and then totally didn't go down. I'm interested to see what's going to be in it.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've, I'm sort of fascinated, even with uh, they just recently had released those, you know, the new the Star Wars comics, which were based on the original screenplay that George Lucas did. And the change uh, from the story, even from those to, of course, the actual movies has been sort of fascinating to take a look at done in uh, digital form or, you know, seeing like storyboards per se. So I'm kind of fascinated to see what might be involved in this little book.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, in the early months of 1980, in a time long before the Internet or social media, Lucasfilm tried a new way of drumming up interest in the Star Wars sequel. As reported in the spring 1980 issue of Bantha Tracks, the original Star Wars fan club newsletter, a telephone hotline was set up to allow callers to dial in and hear teasers for The Empire Strikes Back. People could call 1-800-521-1980, the date that Empire Strikes Back would be released, and hear a recorded message from one of the characters of the Star Wars saga. The first week that number went live, it was so flooded with calls that it overloaded AT&T's analog phone lines and crashed their entire 1-800 system. It couldn't even generate a busy signal. It was just totally crashed. But thanks to some fans savvy to the existence of the Empire hotline, the messages described in the article in Bantha Tracks which were actually performed exclusively for the hotline by actors Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, and James Earl Jones are now available once again. And we have them for you here, so take a listen. Hello, I
3: am C-3PO, and this is the first of a series of messages on the special Star Wars telephone line. Each time one of you on Earth calls this number, you will receive a message giving information on the continuation of the Star Wars saga, the Empire Strikes Back. After Star Wars, I hoped that all my adventures were over, and r 2 would not get us into any more trouble with his secret missions. But in The Empire Strikes Back, it just gets worse. First, there was that dreadful snow planet. I thought I'd never be warm again. Then we were attacked by Imperial Stormtroopers. And when we got to the Cloud City, I just went all to pieces. Oh dear. I can't go on talking about it is too upsetting you'll just have to see it for yourselves when the empire strikes back comes to a theater near you on may the 21st 1980
1: call next month for new message
2: tatooine was just a big ball of dust until r2 and 3po showed up but since then my life hasn't been the same from a moisture farmer on a remote desert planet to a leader of the rebellion fighting for freedom throughout the galaxy but now the Rebellion faces even greater odds, and I must be ready. I must follow Ben Kenobi's teachings, learn more about the powers of the Force and becoming a Jedi Knight, if I'm going to be prepared for a confrontation with Darth Vader. See it, when the Empire Strikes Back.
0: Though I ran into Ben Kenobi and Luke Skywalker, I had myself a pretty good little operation. They wanted a ride to Alderaan, and they're willing to pay enough so I didn't have to ask any
1: questions. Now I'm in the middle of a Rebellion, I'm spending half my time dodging Imperial ships, and the other half avoiding her holiness. Not only that, but Jabba the Hutt's got a price on my head, and he's put Boba Fett on my trail. Something tells me it's not gonna get any better when the Empire strikes back.
2: The destruction of the Death Star was a major victory for the Rebellion, but our battle isn't over yet. Darth Vader and the evil forces of the Emperor keep a stranglehold over the galaxy. But the Rebel Alliance must and will succeed in forever ridding the galaxy of their scourge. Even now, in our secret underground base on the ice planet Hoth, new strategies are being planned. See for yourself in The Empire Strikes Back.
0: They managed
1: to rescue the Princess and to destroy the Death Star. But this time, the Rebels won't be so lucky. The power of the Death Star was insignificant compared to the power of the Force. And with Obi Wan Kenobi gone, I am the master. See it as the Empire strikes back.
0: So that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I actually think that was pretty fascinating to listen to the voices. Although. I don't know that it's actually uh, what do we call it? a teaser <laughs> per se, but well, it was I did back I then. did like what they I know exactly it was it was pretty funny to hear uh, what they were saying though
0: yeah
1: no oh, I wanted to hear uh, sorry what was uh, if they had done it for episode uh, six <laughs> you know for the sarlacc <laughs> I wonder what really happened to Boba Fett. <laughs> They could have had his voice, I guess, screaming out from the Sarlacc. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it, those were good things. That, that's a great find, too. So whoever actually had the foresight or hindsight, I guess, to record those and keep them. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll have a link as well to that in our show notes. Or you can also go to StarWars.com and listen to them without the background music.
1: Well, uh, the troopers at our, our own First Imperial Stormtrooper Detachment have done it again. So, uh, we'll have a link to their May newsletter in our show notes. Go check it out, but not right now because we have a lot of 501st cast left to go.
0: Indeed, we do. Well, for the past few years, Canadian Garrison Trooper Diana, ID 1774, has been suffering from two diseases idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and vasculitis. Sadly, both these diseases are fatal, but Diana fights every day as she waits to get on the list for a double lung transplant. Recently with her son, she has put together a, music, a charity music album with 20 songs from bands from Canada and the U.S. in order to raise funds and awareness of these two diseases. All proceeds from this album will go to the Canadian Pulmonary Fibrosis Foundation and the Vasculitis Foundation Canada. The album is available for immediate download for a donation of just $5, and we'll put the link, uh, we'll have the link in our show notes.
1: That's awesome stuff, too. We report so much good stuff here. It's amazing. The 501st cast, who doesn't want to listen? So we talked about the full-scale Millennium Falcon project spearheaded by Chris Lee, TB326, from Mid-South Garrison on the 501st cast a few times before. Well, there's been a recent article complete with a video interview that came out this week. So take a listen. Well, listen, don't see because, you know, we're not doing video here. But take a listen.
3: But
2: it's also that love of Star Wars propelling a 114-foot, three-story ambition. Chris has launched the building of an up-to-scale replica of the Millennium Falcon.
3: The thing about the Falcon to me is that it's it's the muscle car of that universe. I want people to be able to walk through a real Millennium Falcon.
1: Let a in Seattle put that together for me.
2: a team working out of MindGear Labs in Madison, Alabama, have picked up their tools to start assembling a prop cockpit complete with levers and throttles. And the work continues. Under the quote, it's kind of
1: fun to do the impossible, Walt Disney. And we'll have a link to that full report in our show notes. And of course, don't forget to head over to fullscalefalcon.com for all of the updates on the project. We also talked a couple episodes about how Chris Lee was doing a uh, TEDx talk in Nashville on March 22nd titled Robots, Spaceships, Greeblies, and How to Build an Online Community to Make a Childhood Dream into Reality. It's now surfaced on YouTube, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes as well. This show just gets better and better.
0: <laughs> it was actually a really good talk. I watched it. it was um, He was only supposed to go for like... He had 18 minutes or something that he was allotted. Uh, he went right. to like 24 or something. He didn't go too far over, but he kind of had a rush at the end um, right. to get through it all. But it was really cool.
1: Yeah, it's it was great to listen and, and see what he had to say for sure.
0: And I wouldn't be surprised also to hear that uh, Chris Lee may have referenced the site run by another couple of Chris's. Honorary members and Star Wars artists Chris Trevis and Chris Reef set up a website called Parts of Star Wars or partsofsw.com. They set that up ages ago and many of us have referenced it over the years for our costuming greeblies. Well, they're now on Facebook. So head over to facebook.com/partsofsw and give them a like as the work they've put into the behind the scenes origins of the props that we know and love is fantastic.
1: No, I just recently discovered a Warwick Davis Facebook page that he has a show called uh, Weekend Escapes with Warwick Davis. Um, I don't think it plays in the U.S., but it looks like great fun. The episode uh, to celebrate Star Wars Days aired earlier this month. Well, hopefully we'll find a link to that and we'll put it in our show notes.
0: Yeah, I did watch another, um, well, it was like part of an episode that he had on this Facebook page. Uh, Something like him and his family were they had chartered a little boat, and they were going around, and I guess they have – I don't know if they have it as a, like a normal thing in the U.K., but they had this other little boat that was going around. It was like an ice cream van, like here in the U.S. <laughs> you know how they right. have the ice cream vans with little bells? Well, they had one, like, but it was a boat. I just thought it was the funniest thing, and Warwick actually took and like got on the boat with a guy and went around and like started selling ice cream with him. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, okay, that,
1: that's kind of freaking funny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so, some may think it's too soon to talk about holiday ornaments, but Hallmark's dream book has already been out for a bit now, and their first ornament premiere party will be the weekend of July 12th and 13th. This year's offerings are a Biker Scout, the Cantina Band, a Sand Crawler, Lego Boa Fett, and the Rise of Lord Vader. Not sure if those will all be available the first premiere weekend. Might have to wait until the second one, which is October 4th and 5th, for some of those. But we'll have a link to the Dream Book in our show notes. You can just skip right to page 77, which, how appropriate is that, to be able to see <laughs> all the Star Wars offerings? That is funny. I wonder if someone planned that or if it just happened to work out that way. Right. <laughs> so, speaking of 1977, I wonder what they did back then. To announce, like who was going to be in the new Star Wars movie? Did they even make a big deal of it back then, like they do now? I wonder
1: you know. I, I don't know. I don't know if it, if they did. If they bothered announcing anything, because a lot of the cast were unknowns at the time, right? Yeah. Aside from maybe what Harrison Ford and well, I think Alec even, Guinness.
0: I think even Harrison Ford was well, an unknown back then.
1: That, that's what I mean. He was, you know, maybe what American Graffiti had come out just before that. So yeah, who's Harrison Ford? But <laughs> whatever,
0: definitely definitely nothing like what happened to all of our Facebook and Twitter feeds the day that that black (laughs) and white picture came out. Oh my God, that's all I saw on my entire was this black and white picture. And at first I was like, um, okay. And then I looked a little closer I'm like, oh my God, that's, and and that's, and and look, and that, and it wasn't probably until maybe the, I don't know, fifth time I looked at the picture that I started to notice things like Well, they're not just sitting in like a conference room on couches. There's like set pieces in the background that we should be looking at, and that kind of looks like and so it was. It looked like a very casual, candid, you know, unplanned photo, but but I think they actually put some thought into you know the angle that they took at the picture, so you could see certain things in the background and.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's I think it's amazing. I mean, I'm so glad to hear that they finally got that, uh, you know, the cast is announced. They actually have a start shooting date. Uh, you know, there's been some photos that had been leaking out supposedly over the past few weeks before that, you know, from – where was it even? Not Tunisia, but, you know, of, of the uh, the set that was being built and the, the possible Star Wars.
0: Oh, you know, that's right.
1: That big, like, is that a foot? Is that another Adat foot? What is that? You know, so, um, yeah, I just there's so much rumor going on and so much, you know, people kind of anxiously waiting. And as much as there's so many people that are kind of like, oh, Star Wars, whatever. I'm like, oh, please, everybody that's anybody has you know, been posting up that they want to be in the movie. They tried to get in the movie. Their agents were trying to get them in the movie. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And I'm really kind of excited to see the original characters are all back in uh, and very uh, sort of anxious to see what the storyline really is. You know, they they kind of did away with all the expanded universe stuff recently or, you know, they're trying to in a way say, look, let's have a a fresh start. Mm -hmm. So, but will they follow some of that? You know, will it be uh, Han and Leia's kids, you know, that were sort of in the expanded universe or or Luke's, you know, kid that is a Jedi master as well? Like, I'm curious. I think it'll be uh, it'll be exciting. It'll be a good ride.
0: Yeah, I think that was the, the newest rumor that I saw circulating today that that Adam Driver's character is going to be Han and Leia's son. Right. I don't know. He doesn't look like.
1: Really, be the golem. Oh wait, no, that's a different. I don't know. He doesn't look
0: anything like Harrison Ford. You think they would pick somebody that was going to be their offspring? That I don't know. He would kind of look a little more like him.
1: That party night on Endor. (laughs) For a few
0: minutes.
1: (laughs) Who knows what happened with all those
0: Ewoks? (laughs) But, but my favorite was definitely seeing Peter Mayhew on there and that he's yeah. you're recovering from his double knee replacement and because there's definitely no other person that can pull off that gait, that stride right. that Chewbacca has right. and the motions that Chewbacca has other than Peter Mayhew. So,
1: yeah, definitely. no, I'm I'm really, uh, really excited. And I'm hoping that by the time celebration rolls around, we're going to have some awesome trailers, you know, and promotions going on. So Definitely. Can't wait. I'm very excited. I don't know about the rest of the Star Wars community, but I think this is going to be some pretty good stuff. Although you can't hold me to it or quote me in any way.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and what are we saying now? They said also uh, we're still December of next year, right?
0: As far as I know, yeah, 2015.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, December 18, 2015. So, you know, hopefully they hold to that date and we'll see what happens. Star Wars Episode Seven. Return of the Somebody's.
0: Yeah, they still haven't quite figured out the what the work title was, like an ancient fear or something. And right. somebody was saying, well, that's not going to be the real title because that was the title for Throw Mama from the, the Train or something back then, too. They <laughs> used that as the same like working title. So that can't right. be the real thing.
1: Oh, it's the funny. The well. thing, though,
0: for the December date for upstate New York is that I don't know that anyone's really going to want to – Start forming the lines at the movie theaters like they did all the other movies in the middle of December.
1: Don't you guys have handheld, like, uh, hand heaters and stuff? You can just be out there in the snow and the ice. and.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. They were already out even in May with tents and jackets and sleeping bags. So right. I can't even imagine. Yeah, they're going to have to, like, generators and space heaters and...
1: I know. I can already envision it here too. I'm going to actually have to put the top up on my convertible. <laughs> when I drive to the theater. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's let's get through celebration first. I won't say that word again in this interview, though. Um, yeah. I'm excited. Star Wars Episode Seven coming soon to a theater near you. Hey, all you Star Wars fans out there, this is Alvin Johnson. You are listening to the Five O First Cast, and just remember. The Empire is listening. Mission Reports. Well, last month, 13 members of United Kingdom Garrison flew out to support their Irish brothers at the first-ever MCM Comic Con in Dublin. It was the first time that the commanding officers of both units, Ireland and the United Kingdom, had a chance to meet each other face-to-face and Ireland's outposts' uh, first multi-unit event. Uh, By wonderful coincidence, during the Saturday post-event dinner, the voting was coming to a close on Ireland outpost garrison status approval. They were, of course, approved, and the dinner turned into an even better reason to celebrate. Sunday was another day of trooping, but this time as the Ireland garrison. So we'll have a link to some of the great photos from this event in our show notes. And thanks to Gary, TK2739, and Alan, TD16178, for that report.
0: Last month, members of German Garrison were deployed to the small city of Laufen to attend a street festival taking place to help raise money for little three-year-old Alicia. Alicia has autism and is in need of dolphin therapy, which they believe may give her better quality of life. The small girl is totally lost in her own world and not able to communicate. She has to be watched every minute when she's not sleeping. The troopers were proud to help raise over the course of the six-hour event 1,470 euros for the family. That money, in addition to the 300 euros that the troops had raised before they arrived at the event, will help get Alicia's family one step closer to their goal. Spurred on by their desire to visit with Alicia again, the troopers also attended a small event put on by the family and raised another 240 euros there. Alicia actually surprised the troopers by dressing up as Princess Leia for her second visit with them. And even though she didn't speak, she clearly remembered them. And TK50175 was so surprised when he received a kiss on the cheek from the little princess. Alicia also fell in love with Lord Vader's cape, and can you blame her? It's like, awesome. So for all the troopers, it was a very special event, and they'll continue to support events for Alicia until the goal is reached.
1: I know that every time I get a chance to wear the Vader cape, I just have to put it on.
0: (laughs) I had never heard of dolphin therapy before. I I was
1: actually going to say that's. I'm actually somewhat fascinated to wonder what that is and how that works. So I will have to do some oogly-googling and see uh, what dolphin therapy is all about.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, But I hope that it works. I hope it really helps her out. Well, in cooperation with Disney, our Turkish outpost attended a Jedi Padawan Academy event in Istanbul. It's our understanding that this may have been the first time in the world that the Jedi Academy event for children was held somewhere outside of a Disney park or celebration. Although, even with Disney involved for copyright reasons, several changes were made to the original show. For example, after the kids learn how to use the lightsaber, they practiced the moves on a Jedi Knight, not on Vader. <laughs> Lucky for Vader, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, the name of the show was also changed, I think, uh, to Jedi Training Academy, or from Jedi Training Academy to Jedi Padawan Academy. The 501st Legion members were only there for a meet-and-greet. The event began on April 23rd on the National Sovereignty and Children's Day. Uh, There were four Jedi training sessions, four meet-and-greet sessions every day for five days. Each lightsaber training lasted for 30 minutes, and each photo session lasted for 30 minutes as well. Apart from lightsaber training... Children were also able to play with Star Wars Legos, Star Wars console games, and craft their own lightsaber from cardboard. Those are the most dangerous of lightsabers.
0: Yeah, I think those would be, like, harder than pool noodles, even.
1: (laughs) Cardboard! You can get a paper cut from that. (laughs) On the 25th, there was even a special session for children with Down syndrome. From the outpost, SL3983 and BH4530 were selected to participate, as well as an outpost recruit in his TK outfit. It was an extraordinary experience for our members and a very successful one, too. Both Disney TR and Disney UK offices were very pleased with it and mentioned that they could apply this same model for future shows in different countries. We'll have a link to a half-hour-long video from the event in our show notes. And thanks to SL3983 for that report.
0: Carolina Garrison was invited to Cub Scout Pack 502's banquet on April 26th. Too bad it wasn't 501, you know? Right. Uh, The scouts received rewards and badges for their achievements over the year at this banquet, and during opening ceremonies, the Garrison troopers were introduced and entered the room with the Imperial March Plane. Afterwards, there were numerous photo ops, a raffle for Star Wars toys, and a contest for best Star Wars-themed cakes and or dessert. Some amazing entries were a round Death Star cake, an R2-D2 cake, and several cupcakes arranged like lightsabers. I'll try to get a link to a photo of at least one of those in our show notes. After they visited with all the scouts and their families, they were treated to a catered dinner from Outback Steakhouse. Definitely a great way to end a troop. Thanks to Jason, TD5945, for that report.
1: Star Wars, it's a great saga and a delicious dessert. (laughs)
0: The Death Star one was pretty cool.
1: I'm not sure what they made it out of, but... I would love to see photos of the Death Star cake. (laughs) Although, did you happen to watch the um, uh, Big Bang Theory Star Wars episode? No. Oh, yeah, and uh, the girls made uh, Sheldon a Death Star cake. Uh Actually, I I thought it was an R2-D2 cake myself, but it was pretty funny. (laughs) Pretty funny stuff. Also on April 26th, members of Carolina Garrison joined Lincolnton Library in their celebration of William Shakespeare's 450th birthday. The man is getting old. The library hosted the first annual Shakespeare's Intergalactic Renaissance Fair. Activities included bowling for stormtroopers, palm reading, a demonstration by the SCA, a costume contest, and a reading from a few scenes of William Shakespeare's Star Wars, Verily a New Hope. Garrison members were on hand to take pictures with guests and staff and also judged the children's and adults' costume contests. Winners were given a prize pack of Star Wars goodies. The event was so successful that the Carolina Garrison had already been invited back to take part in the second annual Shakespeare's Intergalactic Renaissance Festival next year. So we'll have a link to pictures of that in our show notes. And thanks to Derek, TI-2606, for that report. Have you read the uh, Shakespeare Star Wars at all?
0: No, I have not. Have you? No.
1: It's it's pretty fun, I have to say. Uh, I'm a big fan of Shakespearean stuff anyway, and to read through it, I was like, pretty clever stuff that Ian <laughs> Deutscher drescher how do you say his name?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can read his books, but I can't say his name.
0: I was a little confused by what exactly Bowling for Stormtroopers was.
1: Yeah, well, bowling for stormtroopers, or are the stormtroopers bowling pins?
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure. I'll have to go back and look (laughs) through the pictures and see if I can make sense of it. Right. Well, meanwhile, in Ecuador, our outpost there spent the afternoon of April 26th supporting the Cecilia Rivadonera Foundation, which is an organization dedicated to bringing smiles to children battling cancer. Troopers spent a couple hours rattling the can and helping draw attention to foundation volunteers which, who were out collecting donations. Ecuador Outpost only volunteered in one of the four cities where this event was taking place, but the overall amount raised by the drive in all four cities was almost 79,000 U.S. dollars. So, great work. Uh, we'll have, I think, at least one picture in our show notes, and thanks to Victor TK 2760 for that report.
1: Wow, 79,000. Great. Googly moogly, that's good. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Empire City Garrison and a guest from Northeast Remnant Garrison were the stars of Pine Bush's UFO Fair and Parade on April 26th. Everyone loved them. In fact, they couldn't walk more than a few feet without being swarmed for photos, some of which involved holding babies and dogs. Or the weather was perfect for the long troop and with a nice, gentle breeze and no humidity... Towards the end of the day, they took uh, part in the parade that ends uh, the fair for each year. Although apparently getting to the starting point was interesting because two of their party couldn't sit well in the armor. So to manage it, the Thai Reserve pilot rode in the car's trunk so the TK could lie down in the vehicle.
0: <laughs> I hope they like, left the trunk open
1: right, you know, exactly. as they went along. Genius troopers, I tell you. Uh, that's, that's really fun. I want pictures of that, by the way. Um, <laughs> For the parade itself, they got to stand on a float with a truck and huge speakers mounted on top, blasting the theme of A New Hope over and over during the course of the parade. Needless to say, they received nonstop cheers and smiles from the crowd along the parade route and even made it into the Hudson Valley's paper. So we'll have a link to photos in our show notes. And thanks to Tom, TI-32332, for that report.
0: Empire City Garrison also attended the Cub Scout Cubbery on April 26th. It took place in Wading River on Long Island, New York. Walter, SL21213, braved his first solo troop as Darth Vader and had a lot of fun. The pack was definitely interested in having the 501st return for future events, and hopefully ECG can deploy more troops next time. Poor Vader out there alone. We'll include a photo from this event in our show notes. Kudos to Walter, SL21213, on his first troop and first mission report.
1: That's a pretty cool thing to do, too. Uh, Some of the troops are easy as a solo person, but I always find Vader's a little more tricky for some reason. So, good job. Yeah,
0: especially when it's Cub Scouts who are all, like, knee height, (laughs) you
1: know? (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, for you guys. For me, I'm about the same height height as all the rest of them. (laughs) Uh,
1: That's funny. (laughs) Empire City Garrison's third event for April 26th was the Puppet Arts Theater uh, Fifth Ave Family Festival in Brooklyn, New York. It was a fantastic event for the community, featuring food, arts, crafts, games, and prizes. Chris, TK6744... Ronald, SL5928, and Greg were joined by Robert from the Rebel Legion. There were over 2,000 people in attendance, and Legion members had a great time posing for photos and handing out citations. The event helped to raise awareness for the youth outreach provided by the Puppetry Arts Theater in the community. While in the neighborhood, they took a walk down the block to Superhero Supply Company, where Lord Vader tried out the Cape Tester, which is a platform you stand on with a fan underneath to test the cool factor of your cape. We'll, of course, have a link to a picture of that in our show notes. They also ran in and took photos with uh, documentary filmmaker Morgan Spurlock uh, from Super Size Me, 30 Days, uh, Comic Con, Episode 4 at Fans Hope, I think it was. Um, And we'll have a link to his tweet of his visit with the 501st. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report.
0: And another Empire City Garrison report. Those guys are busy. Busy. They, they actually attended four charity walks recently. On April 27th, members were at Eisenhower Park on Long Island for their first event for the March of Dimes, a March for Babies walk. They had a great time taking photos with guests, handing out cards, giving out citations, and seeing the walkers off on their journey. They even took some photos with CBS News reporter Alice Gaynor, who tweeted about it that morning. We'll have a link to that tweet in our show notes, as well as some photos. On May the 4th, they appeared at another March of Dimes walk at Bethpage Ballpark, which actually may lead to a future event with the Long Island Ducks baseball team that plays there. Plus, they sent 14 troopers to the Maria Ferrari Children's Hospital's 10th annual Go the Distance Walk and Family Fun Day at Westchester Medical Center. Then on the morning of May 10th, ECG attended the Great Strides Walk for Cystic Fibrosis, And they also have two more CF walks coming up in June and hope to be able to support those as well. So we'll have links to photos from all of those events in our show notes. And thanks to Chris, TK6744, for sending in all these reports. And I know, Chris, that I still owe you a prize. I feel like very guilty about this. You won a prize from the 501st cast, and it got packed away. And I haven't haven't (laughs) unburied it yet, but I know I still owe it to you, and I am still trying to unbury it. And the our-
1: prize is we're going to put your name in bold lettering on the 501st podcast site.
0: <laughs> we should Maybe we'll make it
1: flash. We'll see if we can make it flash. Okay, Chris? <laughs>
0: so I'm sorry about that. It's still I know it's still yours. I know I still owe it to you, and it will be sent to you as soon as I unbury it from wherever it is hiding.
1: Is it cool? Do I want it? Maybe <laughs> I'm going to take, take it. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> well, on Monday, April 28th, Outpost Venezuela sent a five-man tactical team to bring joy to a little school of special education children, giving them, their families and friends, a wonderful day filled with exciting memories. In fact, one little girl never left the side of Lord Vader until the event was over. She felt protected by the Dark Lord. It was a special morning where our troopers' hearts were won over by the lovely kids, and perhaps the kids learned that the bad guys can do some good. We'll have a link to photos and videos in our show notes. And thanks to Lewis, TS-2434, and Snake IC-9378 for that report.
0: With permission from Lucasfilm, our Portuguese outpost was on national TV May 2nd to talk about the 501st Legion, promote our actions of charity and volunteerism, and talk about how the public can reach us and join us. We'll have a link to that video in our show notes. Thanks to Walter BH-3738, for letting us know about this great opportunity that was afforded to the Portuguese outpost. I would be actually interested to know if they saw any increase in likes to their to their Facebook page or hits to their website after that segment aired. Cause I, bet I would I, hope so. Yeah, I would bet so. Well, as
1: well. we mentioned last episode, Free Comic Book Day was Saturday, May 3rd. Hopefully everybody made it out to their local comic book stores to celebrate. People. But anyway, here's some reports from our units who are out there doing what we do best. Trooping.
0: Yep, two troopers from Empire City Garrison headed to Dragon's Den in Poughkeepsie, New York for Free Comic Book Day. And while there, they collected for Goshen Food Pantry and raised more than $210. Troopers are looking forward to more troops at Dragon's Den in the future. We'll have a link to a photo from that troop in our show notes. Thanks to Tyler, TD-4395, for that report. And they also sent three troopers to Grasshopper Comics on Long Island for Free Comic Book Day. It was actually the first troop for Richard, CT-11291, as a 501st Legion clone trooper. He had definitely an amazing clone, definitely my favorite clone. It's the, the logo for Garrison Excelsior, so I'm very partial to it. And he also brought along his fantastic R2-D2 unit as well, to the delight of both the kids and adults. ECG was joined by Robert from the Rebel Legion as well. Grasshopper Comics used the event as a charity fundraiser for some local charities, including the John Thiessen Foundation, and ECG was proud to support it. The event was well attended with a steady stream of kids and adults throughout the day. The troopers had a great time hanging out outside the store, taking photos, handing out citations, and attracting people to the event. The store was, of course, very happy to have them there and treated them very well. In fact, already invited them back for a charity event in December. So we'll have a link to some photos from those troops in our show notes, and thanks again to Chris, TK6744, for that report.
1: Oh, I see how it works now, all these ECG events, and somebody happens to be in that garrison.
0: <laughs> not, <laughs> not my garrison.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I'm the other part of New York.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, the other side. Yep. Okay. I just want to make sure you weren't like sitting here trying to promote your garrison, just Uh talking about just you and your people. Just kidding.
0: (laughs) I'm Garrison Excelsior.
1: (laughs) Well, anyway, Southern...
0: (laughs) I mean, you expect me to be able to keep track of the three different units you have in your state. You need to learn how many units are in New York. Where
1: is New York? I don't even... Is that still a state? (laughs)
0: There's more to New York than just the Statue of Liberty.
1: Anyway, on the other side of the country, Southern California garrison trooper Tim, TB2691, spent his fifth free comic book day in a row at Brave New World in Newhall, California. And this year was the biggest and unfortunately the hottest one yet as the temperatures often hit close to 90 degrees. But even so, they made a lot of people smile as they do every year. Plus, actually, three kids cried at the sight of the stormtroopers. We're still unsure if it was in fear or elation of seeing their own favorite characters there. But still, not a bad day's work. Well, be sure to mark your calendars for next year, Saturday, May 2nd, 2015. If you want to have the 501st Legion at your store next year, be sure to fill out our appearance request form at www.501st.com forward slash request php.
0: And if uh, Free Comic Book Day didn't uh, have enough trooping for our members, then the next day was, of course, May the 4th. Our Portuguese outpost wasn't the only unit on the air. Our Empire City Garrison was invited down to their local WPDH studio to talk to radio hosts live. So Garrett TK7186 was dispatched, and here's part of his interview on the Boris and Robin Show. You know, I'm not the Star Wars expert that you are, so it's just a
2: plastic man next to me. Oh, this is more than a plastic man. We'd like to introduce uh, Garrett Overham from the uh, 501st Legion. Hey, Garrett. How's it going, man? Hey, how are you? Doing doing good. This is so exciting. Uh, for those of you who weren't listening earlier, Garrett is dressed in full Stormtrooper garb, I guess it would be. <laughs> you got yeah, the battle arm armor on, right? Yeah. So now you're part of a, a group called the 501st Legion. What exactly is the 501st Legion?
3: Well, we're a worldwide Star Wars costuming group, and we make movie accurate costumes based on the villains of the Star Wars universe. And then we give back to our communities by uh, donating our time to make appearance at charity and fundraiser events. So you're not you're not a full time stormtrooper. No, I wish I was, but no. What do you do? What do you do in your in your real life? Uh, I T manager at uh, one of the big. Uh, accounting firms. Oh, Why no? does yes. that not surprise
2: me? <laughs> so now how did you get into like being a stormtrooper? Like like, how did you get involved with the 501st Legion?
3: Uh, I saw the 501st Legion at a Star Wars weekend down in Disney, paid no mind to it, then saw them at a Comic-Con, piqued my interest, started researching it, and I saw the good things they do and thought it'd be, you know, it's cool to be a stormtrooper and I can do uh, good things while doing
2: it. So now, so this group is, uh, like, you get together, it's, is it like kind of like a Kiwanis Club or something like that? You guys get together and do, like, charity events? Like, what, like, how do you guys get together and dress up like that?
3: Well, we advertise our name out there on what we do, and I'm the event coordinator for the Hudson Valley. So uh, people go online, they fill out an event form, and then we review the event, we call them, talk to them, and then we start planning. Um, it's almost like a whole project management role to do all this, but we do, uh, like, we're going to do Maria Farrar's Children's Hospital on uh, Sunday, they have a big charity walk, so we're going to go there, support them, and then walk around the Children's Ward. Um, we're going to be at the Great American Weekend in Goshen in July. Um, we're going to be there taking pictures of everyone, trying to raise money for the Goshen Food Pantry. So, yeah, it's a lot of organization, and it's a lot of fun. Now, how many guys here locally are involved with the yeah. Well, the Empire City Garrison, there's um, garrisons in every state. Um, we got about 50, 60 members. Um, there's about 15 of us in the Hudson Valley. The rest are all across the city in Long Island. And then there's Garrison Excelsior up in Albany, New Jersey Garrison, Connecticut Garrison. So we'll work together. Now, do you recruit? Yes, we do. We try to recruit all the time. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: I, I think I know a couple people that might even be interested.
3: Well, you know, Beach Sandwich and I have been talking about this uh, all
2: week, and uh, we went online actually to find out, you know, what you need to do to be a part of the 501st Legion. Like, Robin, you have no idea. This is a pretty like these the the outfit you're wearing. Yes. Like there are like very specific things that have to be, like,
3: screen accurate, right? Correct. The uh, armor has to be movie accurate to even join. You can't even join unless you have a costume that's movie accurate. And by movie accurate, like, what do you mean? Like, Well, mine is based off the Return of the Jedi movie. Uh, Stormtroopers were different across all three movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the ad buttons on mine are upside down. The blue paint on them is a certain color. I got trim around the armor. What about the um, thermos on your back? That is a, a, <laughs> it's not a thermos, Rob. Uh, that is a thermal detonator. Um, <laughs> it does have to be painted a certain color. Um, the armor has to fit you in a certain way. It can only be so much of a gap between the armor.
2: Really? The so like, in. like it's almost like a military uniform. Where well, there's somebody that actually has to approve. Correct.
3: There's a garrison membership liaisons who will approve your armor after you send in photos to request the membership. Wow. And they'll tell you if you have to tweak anything. So yeah. they don't
2: supply that you have to supply oh, no. your own uniform as Correct. well. Correct.
3: There's um, people who volunteer their time to pull the armor. And then they send a box with all the armor in it. You've got to cut it, build it, piece it together. Oh, so you built this yourself? Yeah, so once I got all the pieces, I had to fit it to my body. So I had to cut it. So it took me about three months.
0: You can check out the full interview via the link in our show notes. Thanks to Garrett, TK7186, for spreading the good word of the Empire.
1: And our Costa Rica outpost celebrated May the 4th with fellow Star Wars fans when they were invited to a local-themed restaurant called Casa Manga, or Manga House. Manga? Manja? Yeah, I could never say it right. I'm going to have to go there to celebrate properly so I can learn how to say the word. It is mostly anime-themed, as one could guess by the name, but there's also a horror section. And did I spy a piece of Star Wars art hanging on the wall as well? One feature of the restaurant is a jail cell section. You actually have dinner in a cell. For the event, they used it as a great photo op area. The restaurant hosted Star Wars Trivia, which our Legion members politely declined as to let other people win the prizes, even though they made their own homemade R2 unit. It was a little uh, off-looking, but still a fun way to celebrate Star Wars Day. You can check out the photos from this event on their Facebook page. We'll have the link to that in our show notes. And thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, and Luis, TB3758, for that
0: report. Mountain Garrison was asked by Denver International Airport and Lucasfilm to assist with some PR work for the airport. The photo shoot was actually done at the very end of April, but was launched for May the 4th. They posed for some outdoor shots first, and even though it wasn't planned, mountain troopers begged them for the opportunity to have pictures with a big blue horse that I guess must be out there at the airport. Never been to the airport, so I'm not sure, but I guess it's known as Mustang or affectionately as Blucifer. And then next, they went into the terminal and took all the indoor shots. They ended up with a crowd of about 40 to 50 people around them, each snapping pictures of their own. It was definitely a lot of fun for our troopers, and they got to go out on the tarmac and even over active runways with planes taking off and landing just about 100 feet behind them. It was likely quite interesting for the plane passengers to see as well. I don't know. Well, if it's like, I don't know if they would to see out the window, though, to see what was going on, but that would be...
1: right. Definitely a Uh, a once-in-a-lifetime
0: experience, I think.
1: Bob, Bob, what's that on the runway?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But apparently, while the airport's PR department was all for this stunt, their boss wasn't thrilled about the idea. But PR stood firm in saying that this would drive a lot of social media traffic to the airport. In fact, rumor was it that there was a steak dinner on the line for that bet. So I bet that the PR officer won. But footage of the troopers was also featured on several local news stations and even one nationally. And we'll have a link to photos on the Denver International Airport's Facebook page. Thanks to Felix, SL3180, for that report.
1: Once again, Star Wars proves to be delicious. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a food theme going on in this episode. (laughs) This year for the Intergalactic Star Wars Day, Carolina Garrison was invited out to the Discovery Place in Charlotte to participate in their Star Wars Day celebrations as they explained the science of Star Wars. Visitors built their own lightsabers, watched and participated in Sub-Zero, Hoth Edition demonstrating the effects of Sub-Zero temperatures, and Fire It Up, Alderaan, where Darth Vader himself blew up Leia's homeworld again. The troops also experimented with a bed of nails, flying uh, with air pressure, tug of war with various pulley systems, and a sonic cannon. Over a dozen troopers were on hand to help in demos, take pictures with the crowd, uh, lead the costume parade. Visitors, both kids and adults, showed up in their finest Star Wars costumes and apparel, and it all in all sounds like a really awesome day. Nothing like partnering with Star Wars and science to sneakily expose kids to learning something new. We'll have a link, and uh, as usual, to uh, photos in our show notes. And thanks to Derek, TI2606,
0: for that report. And May 3rd was a busy day for our Belgian garrison. First off, they were invited to appear to the recently opened Lego store in Winnengem Shopping Center near Antwerp for a May the 4th theme promotion. Darth Vader, two stormtroopers, and an Imperial officer were selected for the appearance, After a visit full of smiles and fun, the troopers were given a sizable amount of Lego boxes by the store, like filled Lego boxes, you know, with toys inside. So for the second part of the troop, Legion members took all those Lego boxes and donated them to the children's ward of a nearby hospital. It couldn't have worked out more beautifully. We'll have links to photos from both troops in our show notes. Thanks to Dimitri3464 for that report.
1: And Disney Channel Hong Kong held a party to celebrate Star Wars Day at the Sky Cinema of Olympian City. During the event, they announced some of the programming that would be seen on their channel in 2014. The list included LEGO Star Wars Yoda Chronicles, Escape from the Jedi Temple, Phoenix Inferb, Star Wars, and Star Wars Rebels. I think perhaps that Star Wars might just be dominating the airwaves this year. Yeah. Over (laughs) right. I mean, come on. (laughs) Over 200 Star Wars fans and their families in Hong Kong were invited to the cinema by Disney Channel Hong Kong to join the celebration of May the Fourth and see a screening of Lego Star Wars: The Yoda Chronicles. Invited by Disney Channel Hong Kong and sanctioned by Lucasfilm, our Hong Kong Garrison was pleased to join the May the Fourth party as a special surprise for the guests. The event is also the first event and a kickoff event organized by Hong Kong Disneyland for Star Wars. So we'll have a link to photos in our show notes. And thanks to ManCam, TK2328, for that report.
0: Midwest Garrison was invited to Oak Park Library Star Wars Day on May the 4th. The event featured a variety of self-directed Star Wars-themed activities for kids, like paper crafts, making lightsabers out of pool noodles and duct tape, origami yodos, and etc., Also, a costume parade in areas for kids to watch Clone Wars and try out Lego Star Wars games. The four attending troopers posed for tons of photos with the children and parents in attendance, and Vader even had some mock lightsaber battles with the kids. Shortly before the end of the event, everyone took part in the costume parade and posed for group photos with all the children who took part. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes as usual, and thanks to Aaron SL2875 for that report.
1: But wait, there's more! (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were everywhere for May the 4th. So, Empire City Garrison visited several libraries for May the 4th. John, TK-11249, and Ron, SL-5928, spent the afternoon at Rockville Center Public Library. They had various craft stations for the children. Some children insisted the troopers take home the pieces they had made, uh, as well as two balloon sculptors. And as a surprise, the library gave John and Ron a bottle of wine and a box of chocolate. Okay. I wonder if they had to fight over who got what. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a link to a news article and photos in our show notes. And then Trooper Dave... TD 6513, single-handedly visited Mastic, Mauritius Shirley Community Library from 12 to 2 p.m., and then headed to Sachem Public Library in Holbrook, New York, for a 3 to 4 p.m. visit. He handed out cards and posed for numerous pictures at both libraries, and I apologize if I massacred the names of those places, but thanks to Ron, SL5928, and Dave, TD 6513, for those reports.
0: And I think what is probably my favorite May the 4th, uh, Troop Report is this next one. Disney and Lucasfilm, with help from Italica Garrison, planned a monumentous event for Italian Star Wars fans. The locale, the Roman Colosseum. Can you believe it? How awesome is that? I know.
1: Uh, Did they have a bunch of Spartans there? I,
0: yeah, we should have had like some... Uh, <laughs> Stormtroopers, Spartans with shields and like the uh, Ralph McQuarrie stormtroopers should have gone there with their (laughs) big shields. Anyways, so on both May 3rd and 4th, the Coliseum was surrounded by all things Star Wars. There were videos projected onto the Coliseum walls, one to one scale props, including German Garrison's TIE Interceptor and a parade of nearly 100 501st and Rebel Legion members took place each day in downtown Rome. After the parade, members took stations near the TIE to pose for pictures and entertain the fans. On Saturday, stormtroopers escorted Darth Vader and Walt Disney Italy President Daniel Frigo to meet the president and chairman of the Rome Council in the town hall. On Sunday, several members were allowed to get inside the Coliseum to take pictures and videos. Overall, public attendance for this event was much higher than anticipated, as thousands of people surrounded the Coliseum. What an amazing experience for our troopers. So we'll of course get links to pictures in our show notes for this. I I've seen some of the pictures so far. I haven't seen any of the pictures that they took inside the Coliseum yet. But you know,
1: su- surprisingly, I haven't seen anything from this, and it sounds fantastic. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure how they projected the um the the videos. I didn't see any you know pictures or videos of that yet. But just the yeah. crowds and crowds of people and the Tie wow. Fighter, that was awesome looking. Um, There was also official Disney Lucasfilm troops for the first time in Australia for May the 4th. These were cross-country and ranged from AFL, which is Aussie football appearances, to special appearances at some of the large uh, shopping centers. Hopefully, we'll have some pictures for that, too, but I haven't seen any yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's been a lot of stuff going on, so it's all good news. Well, Back here on the West Coast, Southern California Garrison celebrated May the 4th at the Rossmore Family Fun Day. This was a fun community fundraiser appearance. Uh, Members marched out to the Imperial March just after the Star Spangled Banner was sung. And after that, the announcer announcer made some sort of typical May the 4th jokes uh, and went on to say some great things about the 501st and our appearances for charity. Legionnaires patrolled around the event, being periodically mobbed for pictures and high fives. After about uh, one and a half hours or so and a short break, they came out onto the stage and had the opportunity to speak to the crowd, uh, gave an introduction to the 501st Legion, the Southern California Garrison, showcasing the charitable appearances we make and the strength of our local and international 501st Legion community. Towards the end, they patrolled near the OC Sheriff's vehicles and took some great photos with them. So all in all, it was a fun troop. They even received a few inquiries for appearances at other events. So 501st.com forward slash request dot php. Memorize it, folks.
0: The Garrison Excelsior, with friends from Canadian Garrison, Rebel Legion, Galactic Academy, Mando Mercs, and Fan Force, celebrated our 8th anniversary in style, by trooping, of course. Starting Friday evening, May 9th, members appeared at the Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra's first of two Music of John Williams concerts, Initially, we were requested simply to visit with the patrons prior to the concert and during intermission, but last-minute stage appearances were worked out for both the Friday and Saturday night concerts to the delight of the patrons. Both concerts were sold out, by the way. Saturday morning saw more than 30 characters marching down the streets of Rochester, New York in gorgeous spring weather for the annual Lilac Festival Parade. This was the 10th year parade watchers were able to see a Star Wars entry, and it was certainly the largest entry to date. Legion members then enjoyed a celebratory barbecue before hitting the trenches again for the Saturday evening RPO concert. More than $210 was raised for the RPO Youth Orchestra between the two concert appearances. So we'll have links to photos from all three of those troops in our show notes.
1: Again with the food.
0: Mm, Mm Mmm, Star Wars.
1: Delicious.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's up everybody? This is Seth Green and you are listening to the 501st Cast
1: The much-anticipated and loved Star Wars Weekends at Disney World's Hollywood Studios starts this weekend. In fact, likely by the time you listen to this, the first weekend will be in the books. They'll run every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, starting May 16th until June 15th. Each day, visitors can see the 501st and Rebel Legion members on a parade, sweating it out for fellow Star Wars fans. It's sort of like an annual weight-loss program, in a way, uh, and we'll have a link to the full lineup of celebrities that will be part of the... uh, That will be at the park each weekend, as well as the main Star Wars Weekend website.
0: Yeah, it's almost too bad that Star Wars Weekends can't be at a different time of year.
1: We keep (laughs) trying to get them to do something out here, too, but dang it.
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Nothing yet. But now that they've done that thing at the Coliseum, we have some ammunition, right?
0: I know. I'm just
1: kidding. kidding. Come on. you think if they can get troopers
0: to the Coliseum (laughs) that they can get them to Disneyland.
1: Right? Uh, One day.
0: (laughs) Southern California Garrison will be appearing at the Paul Bain Library in Rancho Cucamonga. Is that right? You Southern Mm -hmm. California guys? (laughs) For the fifth year in a row to promote and celebrate their Star Wars Day activities. With over 1,200 attendees each year, the members of the 501st, along with the Mandalorian Mercs, Rebel Legion, and Saber Guild, help to bring a lot of festivity to the library for fans of all ages. Don't miss out on Darth Vader story time and the infamous Jar Jar Dank Dunk Tank. So stop by and check out the fun from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. on May 24th. So who gets to do Darth Vader story time? Is that you?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, over the past few years, I've recorded, the first couple of years we did it, I actually tried to read the stories with a microphone inside the costume and do my best Vader impersonation, and there was always something that went wrong. The sound didn't work, or I couldn't get the voice right, whatever it was. So I finally had the genius idea of pre-recording everything. So really, any Vader could stand there and move his arms around a little bit, (laughs) pretend to tell the story. But just wait, you get to hear stories like, uh, Luke and the Death Star, or which would be Jack and the Beanstalk, or the story of the Three Little Piggy Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> I should actually put a recording. I'll put a, a link to the, the uh, sound for the Three Little Piggy Troopers in the show notes. It's actually kind of funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've read books at different story times before, but they were just, you know, the Star Wars kids' books that you can just, you know, get from the library. They weren't special stories. Plus, I was in Jedi, so that was a lot easier to to talk and flip the pages and all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, that's just it. We always have our Jedi cohorts that are there, and they read and, you know, whatever. I said, next time I go, I'm going to do a story as Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Ha-ha. Yeah, we were actually thinking of doing something along those lines for R2. We were going to make, like, this gigantic, oversized storybook and somehow get him to make the noise when you're supposed to like turn the page or something like that
1: right but we hadn't gotten yes, that right, far yet. right away mr d2 right away mr d2 <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how does the jar jar dunk tank work then who gets to be in that
1: oh they have a guy dressed up as jar jar and it's awesome and every year that they do it i also have to go by his vader and i i pre-plan somebody behind the dunk tank so they can't see it so i can walk up and i can just force point at the little thing and the lever pulls and Jar Jar falls in and everyone gets a big thrill out of it and I get to go ha ha <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes oh Annie how could you do that to me <laughs> he's Oh so wet yeah uh, that sounds anyway. cool yeah, it really is a fun time and it's uh it's uh it's like 2 hours away from where I'm at which for me that's a pretty good distance of driving. And uh I know other people drive a lot farther for different events, but um yeah, but it's worth it every year. I haven't missed it yet. Well, we talked about World Blood Drive Day a couple episodes ago, but wanted to give listeners a reminder that it's coming up on June 14th star wars author and honorary member of the 501st legion ryder Wyndham, is spearheading the event and is asking for anyone who likes star wars to join him the event was inspired by world blood donor day uh, an annual event founded by the world health organization in 2004 and held every year on june 14th like who the goal is to help promote unpaid blood donations and to celebrate the generosity of blood donors every donation of a single pint of blood can save up to three lives More than 41,000 blood donations are needed every single day. So remember, blood cannot be manufactured. It can only come from generous donors. If you're a Star Wars fan, you can help promote the World Blood Drive events in your area and invite your friends and family to attend. If you can't give blood, show your support for those who can and have fun meeting members of the Star Wars Costume Clubs.
0: Our Portuguese outpost actually got a head start on this initiative back on March 29th when, in collaboration with Portuguese National Blood Bank and the Exhibition Center, they participated in a blood donor drive at Futuralia, the largest education, fair, training, and counseling event in Portugal. This event had one aim, to save lives, and they helped raise 16 blood donors, four of whom were Legion members during that single-day event. So good work.
1: That is awesome. There has to be more news than this. So, members, if you're doing events, let us know. It's like we just – that's the end of our upcoming events. I'm sad. I'm sad right now.
0: I know. I'm sure we (laughs) have – I'm going to
1: insert some R2 sad noise right now.
0: Yeah. So there's got to be, especially over the summer, there's got to be some big troops coming up. So send them in to podcast at 501st.com, and then we can spread the word.
1: Here you go. Well, for more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion Legion units as they can gather data from.
0: This episode's shout-out goes to Andrew Wilcoxon, TK8547 of Redback Garrison. Andrew has been instrumental in laying one of our own to rest. In February 2014, Craig the Sniper Budge DZ7622 passed away suddenly. Andrew had been helping Craig and his fiancée relocate to the townhouse they had just rented, but during this time, Craig collapsed. Andrew immediately reacted and performed CPR for over 20 minutes, unfortunately without success. Since then, Andrew has supported and helped Craig's family and fiancé in their time of need. He organized funeral arrangements in a wake for Craig, and Craig's family also attended a troupe in which a game of cricket was played in armor, where they dedicated the winning trophy in Craig's memory. Andrew's conduct has been outstanding, truly above and beyond. He is the very symbol of the bond that all 501st Legion members share. Runners-up for February are Richard, RC6403, from Garrison Tyrannis, and Dan Tripler, TK10705, from Wisconsin Garrison. So congratulations to Andrew, Richard, and Dan.
1: Also wanted to give a shout-out to uh, congratulations to the CO of the UKG, Gary Hales, who completed his 500th troop in April. Yeah, you know, we really should celebrate 501st uh, troops instead, don't you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, if we're going to make a special plaque, you
1: know. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, Gary, 500, that's pretty cool. But when you hit 501, give us a call.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really
1: outstanding. That's really outstanding.
0: I've got to keep track someday and figure out how many troops I've even done.
1: Yeah, Every time I mention the word trooper tracking in my area, people, uh, heads explode. So (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll just make up a number one day. (laughs) As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com forward slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as the 501 Legion or go to facebook.com forward slash the 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter at at 501st Legion, or go to twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2014, Lucasfilm Limited. In trademark, all rights reserved, used under authorization. That's it, Troopers. Join us next time on the first Cast.